Hello there, Ear Buddies Army. Tim here with a quick uh, announcement. Next week, we will be joined by a very special guest who knows a lot of things about cinema to talk about one of the year's uh, most renowned feature-length films, Tar. That's next week. We'll be talking about the film Tar, uh, fully spoiling it. So do yourself a favor and buy or rent or find some other means of watching Tar. Uh, Before we talk about it, it's sure to you know, win some Oscars uh, this coming weekend. And, well, we want to talk about it as real musicians and real film heads. So watch Tar in the next week. Without further ado, Ear Buddies starts now. Hello and happy Monday to all. Well, not all, I suppose. Just the members of the army. Um, well, and and anyone tuning in for the first time to Ear Buddies, I'm not sure um, if you know the lore, uh, the deep lore surrounding Ear Buddies, but we do this every Monday. Um, we never miss a Monday. And uh, we all sit around in a circle and we just... We just listen to ear buddies. It's it's really a delight, and I'm glad that you are here, and I, I welcome you to uh, to the army, and I, I hope you enlist. Um, of course, we're hearing uh, just one voice, just Maddie flying solo here. Tim, uh, we we know this is nothing to be upset about when Tim is not here. Although, I mean, I I do get upset. It's it's no one's fault. Life happens. Look, Tim and I, were, we committed uh, a long, long time ago to never missing a Monday. And for that to happen, we've, we have to support each other. We have to have each other's back and, and cover for each other. Um, so if Tim can't do it, I do it on my own. If I can't do it, Tim does it on his own. Uh, that's a partnership, ladies and gentlemen. That's a, that's a, a real working relationship. Um, so, uh, I have to rip a band-aid off here quickly. Um, there is no sponsor for this episode. I'm, I'm embarrassed, frankly, to, to say, um, I, I'll explain what happened. So, normally, of course, as, as many of you know, we have these these sponsors, potential sponsors, reach out to us. Our inbox is usually overflowing. Um, but this week, uh, the calls just weren't coming in, and, and I was a little bit confused. And so I'll admit this, although it's, it is embarrassing to admit, I went back to, to the well of, of prior sponsors. You know, Carhartt, Applebee's, Josh Dumel, and I, I said... 
Hey, um, what, uh, what's going on? Are, are, is anyone interested here? And it was expressed to me in no uncertain terms that companies, businesses are a lot more interested in sponsoring an episode with Tim and me both together, not just Maddie, which stings a little bit. I am man enough to admit that. Uh, and I get it. You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't bring Art Garfunkel to the Rose Bowl to play by himself without Paul Simon. So I understand it. It is fine, and it, it doesn't uh, rearrange my concept of myself in any way. Um, but yeah, just I just wanted to make sure everyone knows that's kind of what's going on. So this one is going to be Maddie just talking about the news of the day, a stream of consciousness, and then uh, Maddie's got a dip. Uh, that that'll be it. And uh, but I hope I hope you enjoy it. And I hope we all learn a little something today. And I'm I'm very glad that you are all here. Uh, so let's uh, get to it. I know that usually with these solo episodes from myself, we take a break from the, the headlines and we dive into something a little more substantive and a little more, dare I say, intellectual and dare I say spiritual. Um, that's my preferred method of, of operation. But Something was pounding at the door, at the door of culture this week in a way that it was simply too loud to ignore. Um, and that something is a clip of a new tune that will be released by one Megan Trainer. I am your mother. Now, those of us who have spent any amount of time in an internet community will know why uh, why I'm bringing this up and why it must be discussed. This clip dropped a few days ago, and everyone, <clears throat> everyone is irate. They are furious about the quality of this tune. Um... It has, well, yet another interpolation of Mr. Sandman, that classic song. Uh, and it is just, it just doesn't sound very good. I'll say that. I can, I can admit that up front. But of course, this is not the, the first bad song that we as a society have heard. Um, but this one is... is sending the internet up in flames. And we're going to talk about why a little bit, and we're going to talk about um, kind of what that says about where we are as a culture, and who is to blame, and who is not to blame, and, and what we are to think of all this. 
Now you all know me. You all know Maddie. Before we can really get into the meat of this, we're going to have some historical context. And I know that, as with many things, uh, especially earbuddies-related music things, we all sort of know. But I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a quick recap because there is stuff. There is information about Megan Trainer that I don't think you have. I don't think many people have, and I think uh, they ought to have uh, to have a, a worthwhile discussion about this. Um, Megan Trainer, of course, is a more or less blonde woman um, who rose to fame in 2013 with her hit single. All about that bass. Because you know I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, 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 bass. This song, if if you'll recall, came out of sort of nowhere in 2014, um, and it was it was all over the airwaves. It was a big hit, I believe. I'm not going to look this up because I did a lot of research already and I closed all my tabs. I believe it went number one. This song was the number one selling single by a female artist in the 2010s. I don't know if you guys knew that. I didn't know that. It was a, a hot tune. But what I would like to uh, unfold here a bit is that Megan Trainer. Uh, existed before All About That Bass, which is something that people maybe don't realize about about artists, that they uh, aren't sort of sprung into existence um, when their first single drops. Megan had been doing this for a while. She uh, released three albums when she was 15, 16, and 17 on her own. She, she wrote them, recorded, performed them, and produced them. Um, between the ages of 15 and 17. Uh, and her talent, I suppose, was recognized. Um, she got offered a scholarship to the Berkeley College of Music, which is a very fancy music school, um, and also was offered a, uh, a publishing deal by a publishing uh, company. She ended up um, not going to Berkeley, God bless her, and took this publishing deal. But she did not immediately start her artist project, as they call it. She actually was a uh, pretty good songwriter in her own right. Uh, She wrote a couple tunes that you may not know that she had a hand in, including I Like the Sound of That by Rascal Flatts. It's a little too Sledgehammer by Fifth Harmony. If you could take my pulse right now, it would feel just like a sledgehammer. If you could feel my heart now, it would hit you like a sledgehammer. And Ain't Your Mama by JLo, among uh, quite a few others, actually. Get 
So things were going pretty well for M-Train, which is what us fans call her. Um, but, you know, she did want to start her own project and be an artist in her own right. As it happened, she met a songwriter and producer named Kevin Kaddish. Uh, and they, well, they were, well, this is important. This is, this is contextually relevant. They were dissatisfied with the electronic sort of dubstep-ish, dance club-ish pop music that was dominating the charts back in the 2010s. They, they were sick of it, as were, I would, I would venture to say, many of us. Um, and they thought, you know, the music that we really like is that old stuff, that retro stuff, from the, the 60s, from the 50s, the doo-wop, the blue-eyed soul. Um, and they both really enjoyed this kind of music. They thought, why don't we try something like that? That's not really being done right now. That's sort of new. That's sort of original. Um, so they went for it. They, uh, <laughs> they really did go for it. And the final result was all about that bass and a number of other um, retro-inspired tunes. They took these songs to a number of labels, a number of agents, and they said, check this out. And guess what everybody said? They said, this is good, but it's not going to play on the radio in 2013. We want to take these songs, but we want to re-record them. We want to use some synthesizers. We want to use some of those modern sounds that everybody on the on the radio seems to love so much. We want to be inspired by David Guetta. We want to be inspired by uh, Europop. Because that's what was happening. And to their credit, Megan and Kevin said, no, we refuse. But then they got lucky. And it's sort of a uh, amusing music industry way. They got lucky. Megan played all about that bass on a ukulele for L.A. Reed, uh, who is a very famous person. He's the head of Epic Records, which is a very famous record label. She played this tune for him on a ukulele, and this may be apocryphal, but um, 20 minutes later, he signed her to Epic. So she records an EP... With some of these tunes, in 2015, she releases her debut uh, studio album called Title. Not the best title, whatever. Um, and it does really well. Uh, the singles from it end up really uh, carving out a space for Megan Trainer and this type of music, even, in the game. Then she comes along uh, a couple years later with an album entitled Thank You which I guess makes sense. I would maybe be thanking my fans too. It doesn't do as well as title, but it does okay. And then in 2020, she releases another album entitled Treat Myself. Now, I would ask you, the army, do you 
recall this? This was in 2020. It wasn't very long ago. She released an album. It was called Treat Myself. I did not hear hide nor hair of this thing until I was doing research for this episode. Um, Nobody listened to it. Nobody liked it. It was just a, a middling offering from the singer who sang all about that bass. It flew completely under the radar, and I'll be honest with you guys, it didn't do uh, great things for Megan Trainor's self-concept or, or identity as a songwriter. But she kept on trucking. Um, she released a Christmas album. Uh, not much to say there. Uh, a lot of people do it. That's fine. And then, then we get to the more modern era. I could have my Gucci on. I go in my Louis Vuitton. But even with nothing on, that I made you look. I made you look. The tune you just heard, well, the clip, the the piece of a tune that you just heard, is part of a chorus from a song called Made You Look. And I don't need to tell you that, because you already know. You have heard that clip so many times, as have we all. It uh, went viral on Where Else But TikTok not so long ago, and it sort of reignited Megan Trainor's career, and at least, at the very least, her visibility and our awareness of her. Now, is, is this a good tune? It is all about the tunes. Um, is this a good one? I suppose, kind I mean, it's definitely catchy. So that's part of being a good tune. I think it's fine. I guess. I mean, it's well-produced and, and well-performed. Um, it seems a little bit a little bit bubblegum, but so does all her stuff. It seems a little bit um, substance-less, but so does all her stuff. That doesn't mean it's a bad song. The important thing is that this is what brought her back into our field of vision culturally. And we were all having a pretty good time with it, right? We would uh, do whatever the the trend for the sound was on TikTok, and we heard it in, I suppose, malls and uh, Applebee's and, and things like that. It was nice um, ambiance, some nice background noise for us as a people. And... Now, now we have another offering called Mother. I am your mother. You listen to me. Stop all the mansplaining. No one's listening. People are upset about this. Um, and, you know, I actually, I kind of love the reason that people are upset. Because what they're doing is engaging critically with the tune, right? And this is what Tim and I beg of the culture weekly. We ask that you would listen to these tunes and have opinions about them and and do your 
your homework on them and really let it uh, be a part of your world. Um, and that's what we're doing right now, but it's a, in a very negative way. We, um, we just hate it. We just hate this stupid clip of what is sure to be a stupid song. And you know what? I get it. I mean, this is a, a line that I'm going to have to carefully walk, um, as I so often do, uh, because I'm not... I would not consider myself in any way a fan of Megan Trainers, um, but I think that she deserves some sort of champion here, some sort of defender. Um, and I'm I'm sort of loath to undertake this task because, again, I like I don't really like the music. I don't think it's that good. Um, but no one else will take up the mantle, so it falls to Maddie. And it's been fun these these past several days, right? I mean, we've had a good time. We've we've gotten our takes out. One I really enjoyed was the uh, writer Ryan Broderick's, Broderick said uh, that she makes pop music so unlistenable it's almost outsider art. Uh, yeah, it's funny and and it's kind of true. I mean, I guess at our age, at the army's age. I get what he's saying. But after a while, uh, you start to run out of gas with just um, pure musical critique. And we've got to start talking about other things. Um, some people think that... Um, well, I don't know if they think that this, but they are saying it. Uh, her music is racist. Why? Well, because it's it's retro 1950s doo-wop, which... Um, I guess, you know, it's kind of, <laughs> it's maybe not, uh, black music when a white woman is singing it, fair, uh, but then, you know, it's, it's misogynistic if we talk too much about it, and, and we hate this song so much, because then we hate Megan Trainer. but also, it's so clear what she's doing here, because the song is called Mother, and Mother is, uh, is a term used in, in gay, um, well, gay internet, perhaps, um, parlance, uh, to mean a different thing than what Megan is sort of appropriating it to mean for her song. So we get into the weeds very quickly. Um, I'm mentioning that just so that everyone realizes I understand the nuances of, of this conversation. I don't really care to go down any of those particular uh, rabbit holes. There is, of course, a more uh, appealing rabbit hole that I'm looking at right now that I am going to get down on on all fours, on my hands and knees, and I'm going to burrow into this, and I, I would beckon you to follow me into this particular hole. Here's the deal. Megan Trainer met with success at a pretty early age, a sort of bizarre success in my estimation. But she she came uh, she came with something new, well retro, but it was new for us when she was releasing it. There wasn't another kind of fifties, uh, sixties doo wop inspired song on the radio 
at that time, which, if you'll recall, was sort of the entire point that uh, she and her producer slash co-writer did this. They wanted something different. And it went so well that she tried it again with Thank You, her next album. And then, even though that particular album didn't do as well as her first, she tried again with Treat Myself. Uh, (sighs) Diminishing returns, okay? Um, By that point, by 2020, certainly, we were all looking for something new as well. Megan gave an interview to, I believe, Billboard recently, and she was talking a little bit about um, just how things were going for her. And I'm going to read you a direct quote from Megan from this this piece. She said that she was um, struggling, trying to come up with something uh, new and different that people would listen to, frankly. That, I mean, that's the goal, right? And she said that she was talking to a lot of other artists and producers, and, quote, they said, we're in the same predicament. We don't know what to do. We don't know what to write. We don't know how to stay cool. I wrote four albums because I was adapting to what's going on in the music industry. I got into such a dark place of, I don't know, how to follow all these rules, end quote. Before we burrow deeper, let's just think about that. She says, I don't know how to follow all these rules. She's struggling. She wrote four albums worth of material um, trying to figure out what was going to work in this modern day and age. And then, kind of out of nowhere, she ends up with a viral hit on TikTok with Made You Look. That's got to feel really good for someone who has been struggling with with trying to figure out the new rules, right? That's got to feel like, oh, I cracked the code. I'm I'm doing something right. I'm not a has-been. I'm not washed up. I can still do this. Great. Um, What would you do? What would you do if that had happened to you as an artist, um, I would, I personally would try to keep the gravy train rolling. I would come out with a song called Mother, and it would sound exactly like Megan Trainor's new song, Mother. Okay, now we're in deep. Now we're here in the rabbit hole. I know I'm not using that uh, phrase exactly correctly, but I like the extended metaphor and the visual, so I'm going to continue with it. Um, So, something worked for her when things hadn't been working, and she tries to recreate that, and um, everyone gets upset. Here's what what I think the larger issue is. The modern uh, pop landscape is nearly uninhabitable terrain for many, many artists. It is the surface of Mars. They are not equipped to um, to live here, right? To to continually adapt to the the shifting. 
landscape and the the avalanches of new trends that come. And that's as far as I'll go with the landscape metaphor, but you know what I mean. I mean, Megan Trainer uh, figured something out, maybe by accident, with Made You Look, and that is sort of a path forward, is it not? I mean, if I'm her, and if I'm any artist trying to make some sort of a splash, or even make some sort of money today, I would have a hard time not chasing uh, what I believe to be the trends, right? How how are we going to um, villainize her personally for that, right? Look, we... We look at the world. We grow older. We have to revisit and reevaluate some of our prior conceptions about life, right? We come to realize that, you know, the reason people are living in poverty isn't because they don't work hard enough. People aren't uh, gay because their dads weren't there, right? That's that's a very simplified and, and just sort of incorrect view of these societal issues. And... Uh, pop music is not quite as uh, pressing, I understand that, but this is a, a podcast about music, so that's what we're talking about. Uh, I think, in fact I know, that this Megan Trainer uh, kerfuffle isn't, it's not really on her. It's, this is a systemic issue in culture and in the music industry that she she's trying to she's got she's going to sink or swim like everybody she thinks she believes that she learned how to swim now with her viral hit made you look why not keep doggy paddling like it it it, it is troubling just seeing um i guess where people are directing their ire and their um, maybe frustration or annoyance. The thing is with Megan Trainer, she's a bit of an interesting case study for this because her music was never like my cup of tea, right? And probably true for a lot of us. It's very bubblegum. It's very white. It's very girl boss. It's very. Uh, it's just that sort of thing, and I can appreciate it on its own merits. Um, but it's not something that I intentionally listen to. So even if it weren't the case that uh, she was trying to chase that dragon, um, I don't know if we would be loving sort of her stuff in general because you know I do I get the outsider art thing. It's 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 sort of bizarre music in a way, but. Let's remember that Megan is a songwriter, um, and I think a talented one. She she can write in many genres uh, for many artists. She's not just uh, a one-trick pony, even though I know it feels like that often, especially now. I just think it's uh, it's juvenile to like blame her or get mad at her for this, because I, I I think that this is probably 
at least close to the music that she like wants to be writing. I mean, it, this interpolates Mr. Sandman, uh, which is a song from the 50s. And um, she loves doing that kind of stuff. Also, I'll say, Mr. Sandman, that's not like a good song either, right? I mean, that's the staying power that thing has is because it was like a novelty song um, that sort of just keeps cropping up. It's That's not like a, a stellar piece of music. And so it seems like she is kind of, uh, she's found some sort of marriage between um, her artistic impulses and maybe what's uh, what's driving traffic and what's driving clicks and what's driving royalties and streams. Um, and, you know, not to belabor the attention economy again, I know we've done that multiple times before, but what, like, I'm addressing the army here, what do you guys listen to? And how do you find what you listen to? Are you going to your local uh, record store and and sort of crate diving and finding really cool, obscure, old, uh, you know, quiet storm music and 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 playing that on your on your turntable? Are you going to your library and and asking for uh, the newest? noise indie garage rock band from Portland. I don't think that you are. I think that what we're all doing is, uh, I don't want to say accepting, but but uh, engaging with, interacting with what is presented to us, right? That's, I don't know, um, I don't know of an easier way to find music to listen to. We, you just, uh, people talk about it and you check it out, right? And you form your opinions and that's sort of how it goes for most of, uh, the populace. And by that metric, you can't say that Megan Trainer is doing anything but a fabulous job. I mean, again, walking the line here, it's, it's hard for me to really, um, defend the tunes, because I don't really like them. I get them, but I don't really like them. But uh, she is she is drawing eyes to herself, which is what an artist just wants to do and must, must do. Um, and so I, I just think it's maybe we can be more kind of upset at the invisible hand that is is conducting this cacophonous symphony of uh, whatever this kind of music is. She wants to trend on TikTok again, you guys. She really does, because it, it happened once and it made life a lot better for her why would she not try again right and and also i'm going to just throw this out as well i need you to know that on tiktok in the comments and replies people in general are going crazy for this clip for mother 
um, in much the same way they did for Made You Look. It seems like the plan is working. Uh, And maybe it's not for you. You know what I mean? It's, It's very possible that this kind of music is simply not for you. I don't know if we would be um, trying to crucify some sort of um, rock musician or or heavy metal musician um, who's trying something weird. And I know that's a little bit naive because I understand that she is more famous and more in the public eye. But like... I guess you, I think we really just have to kind of let this happen. And I think it's very important. This is, this is sort of a a soul check for all of us. You are a fool if you're going to spend time trying to feel superior in any way to Megan or Megan's fans uh, because you believe that your taste is uh, superior. And I'm saying this as someone who has perfect taste. Let me say that again. Maddie has perfect taste. Uh, and I, like many of you, don't like Megan Trainor's music. However, please um, know that the path to heaven this is not the way. It is not. It does not uh, do your soul or the world any good to try and come up with some blistering take on why Megan's music is terrible. That's a fool's errand, uh, and it's spiritually damaging. Uh, so, <laughs> all that being said. Let's just, um, I just wanted to reframe this issue and this, this story, and I think it needs reframing. I'm not going to defend the song itself. I'm not going to even really disagree with people who hate it. I get, I understand uh, the deal, basically, but I need the people listening to, to this to also understand the deal, which is that uh, there is no ethical consumption under capitalism. And that honestly basically applies here. Um, Yeah, I mean, I I don't have a stirring um, speech of any kind to wrap this up, but um, I just, I, I would prefer that as at least the army, that our attention and our uh, priorities that that is not directed at um, one little clip of one woman doing one little thing that we don't think is great. It's not really on her. She is gifted and talented. The market decides, and we are slaves to the market. We all are slaves to the market. Megan Trainor certainly is. And I just, I think that as we fall asleep tonight, we ought to be thinking, what would, what would I do in this situation? If I had caught lightning in a bottle a couple of times and wanted to do it again, I would, I would choose the same 
path. And now, let us, um, let us look at that light up on the surface, at the, at the top of this rabbit hole. And you may follow me out as we, as we climb. And now we are in the sunshine. The grass is green. The clouds are all fading away, and the, the sky is a beautiful blue. Everything will be okay. Um, maybe. Who's to say? I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know that uh, we got to cool it on the Megan Trainer thing. Have some compassion. Have some understanding. Uh, the market is not... It's not hospitable, you guys. And, and we all know it. And it's not fair for us to pillory somebody who understands that and takes action to protect herself against it. That's been Maddie. Um, that's this week's ep. Please come back next week for a riveting discussion um, on movies. Oscars are coming up, and we have got a real treat in store for you. Um, so enjoy your day. Enjoy the bright blue sky. Enjoy the sunshine. And um, I will talk to you all next week. Goodbye. <laughs>